When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Maybe I'm just nostalgic Or maybe it's truly magical I'm Brooke. <laughs> and this is the Disney Do Podcast. What just happened? I don't know. All right. Tonight we're talking about, I don't even really know. We're doing debates. We're doing debates tonight. Debates. Good old American style debates. AKA we're fighting, but with our words only, not with our fists. So we asked you guys a while ago to submit topics that Andrew and I should debate. And we also asked that you um, let us know who should be on which side arguing which points. So I believe producer Matt has a few of those and he's going to let us know. In classic Disneyto fashion, Andrew and I have not prepared for either of these because we like to just wing it. That's kind of who we are as people. (laughs) I'm not sure if either one of you got to read this, but... We all know that Daniel always has an opinion. So, oh my did. God, do I ever? It's so always he, wrong too. He left a comment on our most recent episode about the uh, misunderstood villains. Did he? Oh, yeah. I thought for sure he was going to talk trash on the drunk ass Frozen trailer mm, one. No, he probably was just like, I can't even stand to listen to these two drunkards. <laughs> so bad. So he says, I'm let's, so sorry. Let's unpack Maleficent for a second. No, we did unpack Maleficent. I totally feel like you guys brushed this poor girl off. Was it really her being petty just because she wasn't invited? Because I think that there's a history between Maleficent and the kingdom. And I want to say now that I do not count that farce of a backstory that we saw in theaters as canon. Anyway, the queen refers to Maleficent as her excellency, which is indignative of her being in a position of respect and power. So it seems to me that the king and queen committed a diplomatic faux pas by not inviting Maleficent to the celebration. There was probably some sort of tension between the two kingdoms prior, and maybe it was the last straw for Maleficent. I mean, look at her kingdom. It's it's a ramshacked castle set aside in a desolate realm. Uh, There was a war between her and Stefan, and it took its toll on both sides, but Maleficent came out the worst for it. A ceasefire was reached, but damage done. Maleficent wanted to improve relations, but then this shit has to has the audacity to not invite her over. Uh, and I'd also like to add, what would the harm have been in inviting Maleficent to the celebration? She's classic. It's not like she's going to spike the punch bowl, fling off her shirt, and dance around topless and bore guests with small talk. Uh, maybe she even bestowed Aurora with some amazing gift, like the ability to beguile men flight or laser beam vision i don't know they missed out no Um, she's evil clearly hard disagree there um i appreciate that he gave her a backstory that's kind of what we asked listeners to do i appreciate i like that backstory though the thought there um i just don't agree i think even if there was like a ceasefire 
Like you don't have to invite like your frenemy over to see your new baby. Like you don't need to do that. That's that's not diplomatic. If they are oblig if they feel obligated or if they have to do it to prevent themselves from being murdered by this evil witch sorceress, that's a tyranny. Um and uh no, that's evil. So it looks like she's evil. Also, she may not like get topless, but the bitch turned herself into a dragon. What is she gonna do when she's drunk? That's Le- we don't want her to drink. We don't want her at the party. She is the liability. Cause I mean, hell, even when she's sober, she's cursing a baby to die in sixteen years. What's she gonna do when she's drunk and someone gives her like the wrong look? Yeah. She's gonna like turn into like a shark and start eating bitches? No. Well, I mean, even and we did talk a little bit about how I'm sure there were some tensions and shit that happened. But even with Daniel's backstory that he has imagined thoughtfully for her, it still portrays her as being kind of a wicked villain. To Brooke's point, she is coming to a two-year-old's like christening or whatever Not the fuck that is. a two-year-old. It's a newborn. A newborn, sorry. Like a two-day. I don't know why I said two-year-old. She's clearly very she's small. A, she's a baby. Fresh out the womb but she's coming to the like it's a baby who thinks let me think of the most like evil wicked person i know around and and bring them no you're not gonna do that it's a baby it's a baby now if it was like the a funeral for like somebody that maleficent worked with or knew you know what i mean yeah yeah, it's fucked up not to invite her or a wedding to a re- relative, mm-hmm. but a newborn's thing that she's yeah. not related to. To like a frenemy, like someone yeah. that like you're not even really close with to begin with. I think Maleficent is for sure evil. She trashed um, the whole party. I also think the evil queen, I mean, hello, it's in her name, evil queen. Definitely just a fucked up evil bitch yeah. to Snow White. Yep. So I think those two are for sure villains. The other ones that we discussed, I don't know. I think there's more going on there. All right. Well, first, the first debate topic is sent to us from Cassie of Diz Flicks and Tidbits. Cassie. She said, hello, my lovelies. I love your podcast. It's always on the top of my podcasting list. uh, And I have an idea for your debate. Yes. Um, Just curious to see how the two of you would handle this topic since Brooke has recently been to Walt Disney World and experienced the slow dismissal of Pocahontas in the parks. Ah. So the conversation is keeping and adding more intellectual properties into the parks. Uh, Brooke, you would be for this. Andrew, you would be against this. Quick, um, keeping intellectual properties in the park, or and or updating rides. So, what does that mean? So, an intellectual <laughs> property. <laughs> so, an intellectual property would be literally any character that Disney owns. So, like um, a prime example would be the in Norway there was a ride that used to be called Maelstrom that was all about the history of Norway and trolls and all that stuff. And they gutted it out and made it a frozen ride. So like they're doing a lot of that now taking rides, gutting it and turning it into like a more Disney centric ride. Um, The, the great movie ride in Hollywood studios is now becoming Mickey and Minnie's runaway railroad. So Brooke is all about, let's get rid of that shit and make it all super based. And you're like, we need to, not get too crazy with this, folks. All right. All right. More intellectual the floor properties. floor is now open. Excuse me. I reclaim my time for me. Cool. Okay. We got this. I said I reclaim my time for me. I believe there should be intellectual properties in every single Disney park. 
even more than there is currently. Why? Because it's a Disney park. You need to have Disney things happening. It doesn't make sense to have something that isn't Disney. Why would that be there? Why do I give a shit about the history of movies when I just want to go see Mickey and Minnie Mouse? Like, that's what I'm there for. I don't care about movies unless they're Disney movies. So give me what I want to see. I am paying you how many hundreds of dollars to be here? I want the intellectual properties. Also, it's like people become familiar with the characters and the the Disney movies, and that's what they go there to see. That's what they connect with. Don't he's fucking googling arguments. I don't like this. No, I'm, not I'm just jotting down debater. quotes you're saying. Bitch, this ain't my first Law and Order. <laughs> I don't watch Law and Order though. Sucks to be you. Okay. You were saying about people how they connect with characters and how there's that special bond, and that's what makes it special. Continuum. That's what brings people to the parks. Is Disney itself. The characters, the intellectual properties that Disney offers. That's what brings people to the parks. I don't care what you say. That's just that's always what it is. There is never an instance of that not being the case. Put that on the record, please. <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. Are we actually recording? Oh, we're yes. recording. Is the time. red light on? Yes. Phenomenal. So, I mean, let's start with... God, I'm going to lose this so hard. Your little, why would I care about movies? You know, like the history of movies and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You got to think about, big picture, what Disney represents in general. Yes, all of those characters and intellectual properties hold nostalgia. They are part of what makes the brand what it is. They differentiate them from other different things, and it holds for years and years and years and brings people joy. And that is a big part of what draws people there. But overall, Disney is about bringing magic to life and giving people an experience of enjoying those things and those magical moments in life and being able to disconnect from everything and feel like you are in a movie or in a fantasy land or in a fairy tale or so on and so forth or in the space now that they have Star Wars shit. I haven't been there since then, so I don't know. But so the history of like making movies, movies themselves is magic. To think that we've evolved so much that we have movies and we just accept them for just like the norm today. But think about when Disney was started. There was so much work to be done to get to where we are today. And so that history is so important and part of that magic. So having that non-intellectual you know, intellectual asset aspect there is important from that perspective. Is it because those rides aren't getting a lot of attention and so they're being closed to bring in you know, IPs because that's what people want? So, Well, I would agree with that. But you and I both know, especially given your marketing so background... So you agree. You think you're really pretty. <laughs> I do agree that they are not getting the attention and generating riders like other ones are. Like non-IP ones. Correct. Non-IP ones okay, are not so generating Okay, so you agree. <laughs> I do agree. And I'll tell you what. You and I both know mm-hmm. that in order to get somebody to do something, you have to show them the value of it. So let me ask you this. What has Disney done in the last several years... 
to show the value of these things rather than just monopolizing on the easy money of their characters. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing less of the overall magic and what really makes Disney special and more of just pumping out characters that are going to generate money. Look at all the Avengers movies. Is it because of the magic or is it because they bring box box dollars? Because they bring dollars. I mean, superheroes sell, especially when they're hot. Um, Let's see. What did I want to say? I don't even remember now because I started thinking about Chris Pratt and Robert Downey Jr. And now I got all distracted. <laughs> That's I really why did. I got totally distracted and now I don't remember at all what I was going to say. That's okay. Because I was going to try to argue that there aren't really um, any non-IP like attractions in the Disney parks that like they're really that good <laughs> i'm just totally flipping from my side because i love expedition everest so goddamn much <laughs> and that's a non-ip attraction so whoops well it's funny you mention <laughs> that specific ride um because that non-ip ride is a record-setting ride and was one of the most um ridden rides in the parks I for a long twice. time and so did i and both times i was there and additionally Think of Animal Kingdom as a whole. Animal Kingdom is not filled with just Disney characters. It is mostly not Disney characters, more just the Animal Kingdom as a whole and all the magic within that. And it is one of the coolest parks. It is one of my favorite parks. Um, I feel like there's a lot of intellectual properties there, though, because you've got um, a bug's life. You've got up. You've got Pocahontas there for I don't know how much longer. Divine the Vine. Would you like them to get rid of Divine the Vine? I didn't see her at all while I was there. Oh, um, you've shit. Got She's the, very good. They. You got the, the Lion King They stuff. are good. They are very Disney good. is diverse and inclusive. And I've seen a non-her Divine the Vine. There's a lot of Lion King so stuff there. There is. Avatar. Um, yes. Avatar dinosaur, is recent, though. Binding Nemo. So you've got... Dinosaur. Dinosaur is trash, I know. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But it's still an so IP. So they're on the flip it's side. It's still an IP. It's another, it's like, another like, example. Excuse me. I would like the record to show Avatar is not a Disney property. Ah. Actually, the article I just read claims it as a Disney property done right. As an IP done right in Disney. Ah. That's exactly what it fucking says. Because, let's see. Um, were, were these a evidence example, records submitted before we went into the debate? Would be... Have they been reviewed by counsel? Hey, these were... Th- this is a tweet that happened while we were on break, and I would like to motion to submit this to the record. Motion accepted. No, they weren't accepted. They were rejecting them because yes, they were rejected. bogus. Well, but no, we'll I'm accept accepting mine. it for now. Okay. Uh, it says, theme and IP can work together and work together well. A recent example of that would be Pandora, the world of Avatar. This immersive new land in Disney's Animal Kingdom is using an IP correctly. Avatar, the film, and the land have an underlying meaning of conservation and protecting nature. That goes hand-in-hand with Animal Kingdom's overall message since it opened in 1998. That's a very good point. Yes. So, and to my point, it's tying the ride and the experience in with the message and what they're representing. Mm -hmm. So, and Disney was always historically huge on conservation. So, like, um, the rapid rides. Where you go through and there's like the burned down forts and stuff to like to really show you like what happens in that desolation. That's also one of my favorite rides um, for that reason because it's fun and it exposes you to that. 
Uh, Soren. Awesome. Again, it's a magical experience. It's not super Disney centric. I mean, let's not be dramatic. Soren's okay. Okay. When I I went, that was a new hot thing, though, when I was a kid. It's not new and it ain't hot anymore, sweetheart. So (sighs) we got to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. All right. Here we go. What Epcot brought in? A frozen ride. A frozen ride. Because IP attractions are the best. I haven't seen that yet. But how much fun did you have going through the different countries and seeing the different countries as well? I mean, people go there just think of how much revenue. Oh, wait, we're the talking wine, about the World Showcase. The, wine, the World Listen, Showcase and the Wine and Cheese not, Festival bring we're going to talk about And booze. that's non-Disney IP, uh, IDs. IPs. IPs. <laughs> IP! Um, I feel like the World Showcase doesn't count because... The World Showcase is a huge historical component about, of Disney. I'd like the record to show that the World Showcase is probably what's about to get infested with the most IPs I know. in the coming future. Because they're going to bring in Mulan for China. They already got frozen for Norway. Um, they'll probably get something for Canada, like Brother Bear or some shit. Uh, what else do they got? Um, France. France is going to get Ratatouille. God, Why? I hope it's not Belle. Um, Why are they doing that? Because... Well, if you rode the new Frozen ride, you would understand because it's dope as hell. But because IPs bring people there. Like, people want to go see the films that they love and they know them, the characters, and they want to interact with that and have that very uh, magical experience. We keep talking about magic, you know. And for a lot of people, that's not necessarily going and seeing the world showcase. That's going and seeing the, your favorite characters from your favorite movies and, like, you know, their um, settings in each movie. Like, you want to go see that. That's what they're going there for. See, that's so they're what bringing that in. Because when you do the World Showcase, you have a little bit of this exotic, you know, foreign place. But then you're also getting something familiar with the IP. So it's kind of like delivering the best of both worlds for you through non-IP and IP. I understand that. And I will agree in that it is nice that you can go to this cool country... And you have that kind of Easter egg of an IP there that you can relate to and go experience. For me, what I always loved about the World Fair is that as I walked around, it was like I was going country to country. And for me, I felt like in parts of it, I wasn't in Disney World anymore. I was in Morocco for a moment. I was in Norway for a moment. And so my concern with their big push for these IPs in there is it's going to pull away from me feeling like I'm in a foreign country. And more just like, I'm at this ride, and this is just kind of the core around Well, I think they're going to do it, at least I hope so, I think they're going to do it well. So when you go to Norway, you don't feel like you're in just another like hokey Disney attraction. Like It's not just Frozen. Frozen's kind of set back a little bit, and then you've got the rest of Norway. And even the meet and greet with Elsa and Anna is kind of like a little bit off the beaten path. So I don't feel like they're trying to throw it in your face. They're trying to make it feel natural. Which I think almost enhances the experience. Well said. Thank you. And again, I haven't gone to experiences yet. So my perspective is from being there a few years back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what really stuck out to me about that place. Yeah. So you're, you, what you're saying is that you've lied in the last 10 years? More than more times than can't, I can Can't be count. trusted. And um, I motioned to table I don't lie. Debate. I've never final lied. Statements. I'd like to declare final statements on final this statements. I think 
intellectual properties in Disney parks are a fantastic thing. I advocate for more entering under the right circumstances and with a lot of thoughtful placement. I don't think they should bombard parks by any means with IPs, but I think the addition, the thoughtful addition to the parks could be a very beneficial thing. I would like to final, final, (laughs) final my, no, I would like to end this with while IPs are an incredibly important component to the success of the Disney franchise and to the Disney theme parks. I believe that the main focus of these parks historically and in the future should be more about just magic and bring that spirits in general and having a balance of the IPs and non-IPs. Additionally, with the Disney franchise being so focused supposedly on conservation, it pains me to see them investing so much money and resources and wasting materials to do all these things. When I, they I could agree. Just they should not do Reminding people land. of how cool these places are as they are. And instead of trying to change everything, I, this is my time. Sorry. This is my five minutes, not yours. (laughs) Do you reclaim your time for you? You have to say it. Reclaim your time. I reclaim my time for me. Okay. Now I lost my phrase. So I can reclaim my time for me. I reclaim my time for me. Furthermore, it is absolutely critical for Disney to be able to teach people not just about the characters and have that enjoyment, but what it takes to make that and what we risk and really the big picture of it all and not get lost in a frill. What are you even saying? There's a lot of words and not a whole lot of meaning. So what it means is it's not just about the characters. Okay. That's all right. You're right. It's not just about the characters. For your side of the argument. <laughs> All right, so I've taken in both of your opinions. Oh God, we have to let Matt decide. He's Matt gonna, doesn't get an opinion. He it's gets the, to go for non-IP. He's always going to go for non-IP yeah. because he likes dumb rides. The listeners get to tell us what they well, think. Well, <laughs> I was leaning towards Brooke winning this one, but okay, well, she dropped then, a whole bunch you know of stats on me. <laughs> you may, you may be going, you may be changing for the for the better right now. It's so, like the Disney parks with the thoughtful addition stepping, of IPs. <laughs> stepping into this, I was prepared to be anti-IPs. But Andrew's final thoughts were a little sloppy. Through a lot of, a lot of words, very little sloppy. Well, I got interrupted a few times. <laughs> Listen, that's just how the cookie crumbles. Uh, whereas Brooks was a very well thought out final statement. No, it was just bitching. Whoa. And, and singing Frozen. I that, mean, that's creative. That, that, I that mean, was creative. It was memorable. So awful. I'm giving this victory to Brooke. Woo! You know what? I have to say, though, this was a hard debate because it's like, I feel like neither one of us is super passionate about it. It was difficult. Yeah, because I'm all about Toy Story Land. I can't fucking wait to see that. I and I plan to go to Disney just to see that. Oh, my God. My Chick-fil-A is here, guys. Please stand by. Door. The we'll, dogs are letting me know. We'll take a brief five-minute recess. <laughs> We are returning from our recess. DoorDash has successfully been secured. Uh, like my victory. I got Chick-fil-A, y'all. 
So unfortunately, I don't remember who sent in this debate topic. So I apologize. I want to say it was maybe Daniel, but who knows? Uh, and this one is Lee Shang is reportedly not going to be in the new Mulan movie. Brooke, why do you think this is such a good idea? What? Andrew, why do you think this what is such a bad idea? Oh my god. That's Sorry, why, one more time? That's why I think it was Daniel who wrote it, because that's some real... He would do me dirty like <laughs> that. One more time? Uh, you are very upset that the new live-action Mulan movie will not have Lee Shang in it. Brooke is overjoyed that they are cutting Lee Shang from the new Mulan movie. Mm, this is a tough one. Andrew, I'll let you uh, start on this one since Brooke started on the last one. Let me Google the character quick. He's the main character. Lee Shang, he's the man. I don't know names well, guys. <laughs> He'll make a man out of you. Oh, him. Yeah, okay. Is he replaced with anyone? I forget. They're just He's just not part of the story anymore. The main romantic lead. Arguably the backbone of the movie. <laughs> I'm trying to help you. You're supposed to argue why he should be in this movie. <laughs> The floor is yours, Mr. Welch. So, Lee Shang is the main dude in Mulan, right? And in the new film they're going to do, they're trying to take him out. That's bullshit. It is a recreation of Mulan as a live adaptation, correct? Correct. We are coming out with The Lion King as a live adaptation, we are coming out with Aladdin as a live adaptation. Are we removing any leads from those? No, we are not. So why are we removing it from Mulan? Now, one may argue it may be because we want to have a more, just a focus on a prominent female role. It could be that we are going to make the love interest focus something different than Mulan and Li Shang. However, they can still do that while keeping the characters in the film and updating it for 2019. So, Li Shang should be in it because if it is a Disney live-action recreation of the animated film, it should maintain the characters as such. That's my opening statement. Okay. Brooke, the floor is now yours. <laughs> I think... That people don't deserve good things. And Li Sheng was a good thing, and he should be taken away because we don't deserve to be happy. Li Sheng added to the patriarchy. Why did Mulan need to fall in love? Why did people that identify as bisexual or pansexual need some kind of animated icon. <laughs> they didn't, first of all. You don't you don't need to be represented in, you know, pop culture. That's bogus, okay? All we needed was a female Asian lead to appease the masses, and that's what we got. We don't need Li Shang. We don't need to get down to the biz- to the business to make a man out of no one. She can make a man out of herself. Nobody can be happy. Thank you. I reclaim my time for me. I'm so thankful that you brought up the bisexual topic because... Yeah, because you were really missing out on a very good debate point for yourself. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I was waiting to see how you took things before really crescendoing here. I think you forgot. 
as I said, it's important if you're doing a new adaptation to keep the characters there and you can still update it for 2019. And if it is supposed to be this love interest, but there is that conflict because what is supposed to, in theory, be these two in love is not because one does not feel the same or feel attraction towards that gender, blah, blah, blah. What an incredible opportunity Disney has to illustrate that with this movie while keeping those characters, but incorporate that into the film and do something with that um, to not only shine light that is still something that exists and not brush it under the rug, but also be able to give people uh, some kind of comfort and affirmation of, of whatever they may be feeling. Do you yield your time? I do. Who needs affirmation when you could just have a shitty remake of a Disney classic? Um, You know, this is Trump's America. And I think we've learned a valuable lesson that nothing good can stay. And we need to get used to disappointment. And what better way than to do this now? Get used to having things you love taken from you. This is an important lesson to learn. I don't think Lee Shag needs to be there. I think we need to learn to move on past our childhood heroes. Um, it's silly. We're adults now. Also, the addition of a witch to the live-action Mulan, fantastic. That's never been done before. I love the creativity here. Um, fuck Lee Shang. I yield my time. I just want everybody to know and be reminded that Brooke has lied within the last two statements that she's given. <laughs> I Nope. I, um, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> somebody who said that she wants to, that, you know, Can that I childhood nostalgia, let Chairman, go of let your finish, hero, let, let go of your character question. thing. Bullshit. Who um, earlier stated that uh, IPs this are the... This is a totally the, different debate. You the, cannot, nope, you cannot I bring up I want this stricken from the record. This is a separate Thank conversation you. altogether. Thank you. All right. Have you in the past said that Disney characters are incredibly important? It's not me. I would never say that. Pathological liar. Pathological. Okay. Listen. He needs to be in the film. The fact that he's not tells me one of two things. One. Excuse me. You're getting a little animated. They have a terrible. They have a terrible. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. They have a terrible casting agency, and they can't come up with a good character or a good uh, person which I could probably find somebody. What do you mean? Have you seen their live-action Aladdin? Oh, this coming from the guy. Okay, no, you know what? You would do a much better job casting. Yes. You should cast a few of the upcoming live-action remakes. I probably remakes. should. Specifically, <laughs> The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm just saying you would be fantastic at that. I'll let you continue. Yeah, who, would you, how, who would you cast as Esmeralda, perhaps? What? In... In 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 the Hunchback of Notre Dame live action, just so so the listeners can get an idea, who would be your ideal casting for Esmeralda? Well, I think my ideal casting in the Hunchback of Notre Dame would be Anne Hathaway. Uh, I'd like the record to show that Esmeralda. I would I would is... like to motion to put this into the record that Esmeralda is not a white woman. Uh, I would accept that going into the record. Okay. So how are you, how are you going to... This is a whole other debate. We're getting a little deep here. So I'll cut you some slack. Have you seen Mrs. Doubtfire? Uh, I want to 
I want to know where this is going. Continue. Yes, I'm interested to see where <laughs> this road goes. Robin Williams was a man who dressed like a woman. That's different. Robin Williams was a white man who dressed as a white woman. And he Robin Williams was not a white man that dressed as a black is, woman. <laughs> what he maybe was, he can transform into many different characters. Anne Hathaway you know, is one of those people who can transform into many different characters. Oh, really? She can transform her skin tone well, and her nationality, it, uh, her that's ethnicity. Called, have you seen Avatar? That is a fantastical fictional world. Hunchback of Notre Dame takes place in France. That is a real place that we can go to. And Esmeralda, what was she? What was she? What, mm, let's. Oh, I can't fucking wait. This, this is a whole other debate we've gone into, folks. Ooh. Why did you do this? I was. It's because I was winning the debate. Yeah, was, do you was... see? <laughs> do you see how the sides are going here? She is a French Roma girl. Let me, I'm going to look up French Roma. I just want, while she's doing some Googling, I want to make you guys remind yourself of Anne Hathaway and Les Miserables and the fucking awards she won for her performance. Which, uh, where was French Les Roma are an France. ethnic group which originated in northern India. I don't know about you, but Anne Hathaway is for sure from northern India. Uh, we just want to clarify for the record, are you... Uh, Claiming that Anna Hathaway should do brownface in order to be in this Hunchback of Notre Dame—is that what you're trying to say? Adaptation. We just need to clarify for the record. Personally, I don't think that somebody should, would, or would ever need to do what you referred to as brownface so to it, represent a culture, background, or demographic. So property. you're saying we should whitewash. Esmeralda in the live action remake. This is why we can't have nice things, ladies and gentlemen. This is why there shouldn't be a Lee Shang. They're probably going to cast think, a white man. I think this is a great representation of the scrutiny we put on ourselves in America and nitpick these little things rather than looking at what's most important. What's most important is somebody properly representing a demographic and fitting a role well. And let's let me remind you of this. Esmeralda needs to be able to sing like a motherfucker. So Anne Hathaway's no Northern voice Indian is women that can sing. Perfect. I don't know. But when I, I'm asked who I would think in a casting, and I think of Anne Hathaway, I don't think I should be scrutinized and be accused of her doing a quote brown face unquote just to get the role. I think that Anne Hathaway could easily do the role as is. And for you to say that and assume that just because you're from northern India means that you have brown skin is, in fact, a racist comment Can we to look at a picture of the animated Esmeralda from the film Hunchback? Uh, unfortunately, Dom. we need to move into Let's quickly statements. think about... Ah, no, no, no. You already <laughs> got us going. Let's quickly think about Disney and when that film came out and how not racist and prejudiced disney was then which is it a came sarcastic out in like 97 comment. it really wasn't that long ago yeah we were still pretty effing racist in the 90s still, we're still pretty effing racist they didn't even have a black princess in the 90s that wasn't until like what 2007 8 9 2009 and you are trying to tell me that we need to match up this 97 film 
Oh, shit. That takes us back to... Are you trying to say that Anne Hathaway should also be in the live-action Princess and the Frog? I just want to clarify some things. No, but they should do another live-action Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway. I do agree with that. I do. I want her to have I would kids. like Anne Hathaway to be cast in Princess Diaries 3. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> Anyway, I I'm using Man, we this really to, that up. to further my argument that this is why we can't have nice things because someone always has to ruin it. No Li Shang for you. I hope it's a lesson learned. The Final end. statements from you, Andrew. Li Shang was a crucial character and component to the success of the Mulan franchise. And I strongly believe that the lack of his presence in the future live-action adaptation of the film will reduce the quality and positive impact the film had on its original audience and will further diminish the value that Mulan has overall in Disney. I, for the record... Want to ah, say. I believe you said the end at the end. Of no, the you are done. No, you I, gave a final statement. You, know you can't try to say. do it just because I you did a better one. About to say. I will let you say what you need to say. I was going to say the record. that I would like to forfeit my position because I think it's fucking bogus that Li Shang is not in the movie. But since you were such an asshole about it, <laughs> I'm not going to forfeit. All right. So I've listened to both of your arguments including the part that was off the record. And while I am deeply, deeply disturbed by your Esmeralda casting, it pales in comparison to some of the things that your opponent said in the beginning about being anti-representation of multiple uh, sexual orientations. You mean orientations. that's wrong? So, you mean that's wrong? So I'm going to award this victory to Andrew. Feel free to take a victory bite of a waffle fry. Guys, wow. I'm sorry for any chewing you might hear. I've had a very long, stressful day, but in no way, shape, or form was I going to like bail on recording this podcast because you guys are so important to me. So if you can bear in mind, I'm going to chew a little bit throughout this, and I'm going to try my best to back away from the mic when I do it. Much appreciated. Uh, I'd like to call at this time for a one-week recess. Uh, we will come back uh, same time next week to do the final two debate topics. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and in the meantime, you can rate, review, and subscribe on our iTunes account and also visit our website at disneydopodcast.com as well as contact us on our social media. That is Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram and Disneydo's Facebook group. Uh, that is all. Ow! Hey! What's well, bright and cheery? Well, first we need to introduce the podcast. Oh, I guess we should do it in order. Hate for producer Matt to have to really just cut this all up. Yeah. Or do we do the intro at the end? Or well, like thirty-five no, minutes. No, I say we in. just do it now because if we don't do it now, we'll forget, and then it's just gonna. Or I'll be like, I'm Andrew, and you do like I'm Brooke, like fifteen minutes later. <laughs> we would just have like him. a whole conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm Brooke. <laughs> now it's really fucked up. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 